Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. All right, look forward to spending some time with you around the Word of God and appreciate the opportunity. Thankful for it. Thankful for the leadership of our pastor and thankful that he cares about other ministries enough to go around and check them out tonight. And so we're already checked out. I, I took that right. We're already good. Are you with me? <laughs> okay. And uh, so anyways, uh, pray that the Lord will use this message as an encouragement to you tonight. But I uh, hope that you'll pay attention to what God has for us in the book of John. The book of John, would you turn there with me? John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, pretty simple, uh, one of the Gospels. But John chapter 2. And so um, I entitled this message tonight, It's a Miracle. Now I started to get up here and say, the fact that I'm preaching, it's a miracle. No, I'm just joking uh, with you, but I'm thankful that, you know what, God uses the weak and foolish things of the world to confound the wise. I don't count myself any um, different than that, and I'm thankful that it truly is a miracle that I'm able to stand before you, have breath of life, right, and um, have, have uh, blessings way beyond I deserve. I'm thankful that I'm saved. I'm thankful that, that uh, I know God as my personal Savior. Thankful for so many things, and I hope you are tonight as well, but it's a miracle and I hope you believe that you still have a God that is working miracles. And uh, you believe that God is a God of miracles? Amen. Wonderful. Let's look at some tonight. And uh, boy, God is so good to us. John chapter 2, verse 11. This is the beginning of miracles. It says this in verse 11. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory. And his disciples believed on him. Would you notice two key words in that verse? Would you notice miracle? And would you notice the word glory? See, when God does a work of miracles, this is what he wants to accomplish, is to manifest his glory. That's why God does miracles. It's so that you'll believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and so that you will know that it's something that God did, not man. And it's a miracle that only God could do. Do you have any God stories with you tonight? I hope you do. Hope one of them is your salvation story, your testimony. And I hope that tonight you know this, that God is a miracle-working God, and He's still alive and well doing miracles today and this day and age we live in. I don't know about you, but I, I uh, hope this will be an encouragement to you tonight and that you believe that God is a God of miracles. You know, there's, there's a, little, a little plant. I really don't uh, know when it got there, but it's on my nightstand. I know my wife was given it because she likes plants more than I like plants. And uh, it's, it's not one of those real plants. And so they're the best kind of plants. You know, you don't have to, don't have to water it. You don't have to, uh, to care for it. It doesn't have, have to get sunlight. It's not getting much. It's going to get the night light or the light that's the lamp that's underneath at times. That's about it. But it doesn't matter because it's, it's fake, right? It's, it's, it's artificial. It's not a real plant, but there's a little sign on it. It's right next to my nightstand. I see it every night before I go to bed, and it says this, and it's talking about God, and it says, always only good. I like that. 
That's really good. I like it enough to, to where I'm thankful that I get that little reminder. I mean, it's a real small plant. It's a real small note. My eyesight's still good enough to see it. And I'm thankful that it says always only good. And I know who it's talking about. It's talking about God. And by the way, God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. And I hope you believe that tonight. And there, there are maybe miracles that maybe sometimes we think we want to see as miracles Yet you know this, don't you, that God has different plans and ideas than you and I have as far as plans and ideas? How many, your plans and your ideas got shaken up a little bit by God at some point in your life? Yeah, they sure have. And uh, it happens to all of us. Can I remind you in Isaiah, it says this, My thoughts are not your thoughts, this is God speaking, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You ready for a miracle? Here's a miracle. This is a miracle. I want you to think of this as a miracle. Verse 10, it says, For as the rain cometh down. Can you, can you allow the rain to come down? No. It's not a man thing. It's only can be done by God. It's a miracle. And the snow from heaven. Thank God we're past that. I hope we are. I sure hope we are. Snow from heaven. I had belief in that a little bit stronger today in the 80s. Um, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth bud, and that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. By the way, we benefit from all this. This is a God of miracles. So shall my word that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. That's a miracle. I don't know about you, but as I was praying this evening, I thought about this, and I, I prayed this specifically for a few people, especially tonight, just going through it. And I, th and I asked God, I said, God, would you work a miracle on their behalf? You know why? Because I believe in a God of miracles. And I believe he's still a miracle-working God. And we do well to remind ourselves of that. But please know this, it's a miracle that the Word of God does not return void. And that we have a book that promises that it's going to do take effect in our life, and it's going to do something. And I'm asking God that it will take effect in your life tonight, but I know this, that I'm promised that it won't return void. So thank God, anytime I open it, anytime we share it, anytime it's preached, and I thank the Lord for our pastor and how clear he is with the Word of God, that I know, and that you can know, it's not going to return void. It's going to take effect, and it's going to do something. And I hope that we'll let that do that tonight. What's a miracle anyways? What is a miracle? A miracle is known as a sign, a wonder, something maybe hard to explain, the amazement of it. You know, it can be unusual. It uh, transcends the usual occurrences we might be used to. But get this, please. Listen closely, please. It's this. A true, miracle, a true miracle brings attention to God, not man. Amen. In the day and age we live in, let's be, let's, let's be very, very uh, clear on this. A true miracle brings attention to God, not man. And that includes women, that includes men, that includes any uh, person of humankind, because it's all God's doing, it's not man's. And we can know this about a miracle, uh, because it's what the Word of God says. Notice verse 11, it says, This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth His glory. Are you familiar with this miracle? It's not the first miracle. The first miracle is found in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That's a miracle. But here's, here's a miracle, the beginning of miracles when Jesus was on earth. 
Um, this is a miracle. They turn uh, water into wine. And, and uh, the word miracle, and we see it here in this verse. And there's some other people that wanted some miracles that were around Jesus. And they wanted a little bit more and a sign. Um, in Matthew 12, you don't have to turn there. I'll read it to you. It says this in verse 38. It says, Then certain of the scribes and the Pharisees, these are the two groups, answer saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. You want to hear Jesus' answer? It's not that you wouldn't think it's that kind. Notice what he says. He says, He answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. And there shall no sign be given to it. This is why. Because Jesus had already given a sign. But the sign of the prophet Jonas. You know who we're talking about there, don't you? Jonah. And this is what it, the sign is. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. By the way, the resurrection is a miracle. We just came through celebration of Easter. We just came through Resurrection Sunday, we would say. And Jesus brings to focus even to the Pharisees and Sadducees this exact thing. He's saying, you need, you're going to see something. This is what's going to be the miracle. That not only the death and the burial, but the resurrection. Three days, three nights, just like Jonah's. Just like Jonah, in essence. Um, and that was an example of referencing the resurrection, and that's a miracle. The disciples, they wanted something extra. You know, they kind of wanted to be that in crowd, that in group, and know something before everyone else knew it. And let us know, Jesus, what's, what's going to happen in the end times, and when and how do we know when the true end times are, and can we kind of get a heads up before everyone else does? Can we kind of know something that maybe no one else knows? And they wanted to know what that was like, and this is what they did. Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives in Matthew 24, and the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming? And of the end of the world, here's Jesus' answer. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. You think Jesus knew that men was going to try to deceive the disciples? You think Jesus knows that men are going to try to deceive us as a disciple? And the day and age we live in, you better believe it. And verse 24 through 31, would you turn there with me of Matthew 24? I want you to see what really matters to Jesus and what really happened. Matthew, Matthew 24, Matthew 24. Do you believe in the God of miracles? I hope you do. I, there's reason why God did miracles. And I hope you'll be encouraged by the fact that we have a God of miracles. Tonight, Matthew 24, verse 24. I just read verse 3 and 4 of this same chapter, and we'll pick up on verse 24, and it says, For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders. Insomuch, if it were, you notice this, if it were possible, if it were, if it were, I'm glad it says if it were, not that it is possible, but if it were possible, so much so that they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before, wherefore if, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east, and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. 
For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. You've seen that happen, haven't you? Carcass, eagles, yeah, they, they come. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. That's a miracle. That's a miracle that God can do that. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. That's a miracle. Something God can do, man cannot do. See, he came once, but he's coming again. And I'm thankful that he's coming again. We know that he's coming the first time before the resurrection took place. The burial of Jesus took place. And we know before the burial, the death. And we know before the death, there were some things that kind of led up to that. And I want you to see someone tonight that you might not think of that wanted to see a miracle. And would you take your Bible and turn with me just a couple books over to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. I was told this is a Bible study, so that's why we're turning in the Bible. And uh, we're looking at the Word of God. God's Word has something to say. I do not. And so I hope you'll... Let the Word of God speak to you as I'm asking and continuing to ask the Lord to speak to me. Luke 23, Luke 23, Luke 23, verse 3. You might be surprised of who's going to ask for a miracle and is looking for a miracle. This is leading up to the death and the burial and the resurrection, but ultimately the death when Jesus was crucified at Calvary. You'd find that biblical account in Luke 23. And we'll bump it back up a little bit to verse 3. It says, And Pilate asked him, saying, Art thou king of the Jews? And he answered him and said, Thou sayest it. Then said Pilate to the chief priests and to the people, I find no fault in this man. By the way, that's a miracle. That there's no fault in this man. He can't even find anything, can't even blame him, accuse him of anything, because there was nothing to blame him of, nothing to accuse him of, because he's sinless, he's perfect. That's a miracle. You and I cannot accomplish that. And no matter how hard we try, not of works, lest any man should boast. Then said Pilate to the chief priests and to the people, I find no fault in this man, in verse 5, and they were the more fierce, saying, He stirreth up the people, teaching throughout all Jewry, beginning, with, beginning from Galilee to this place. When Pilate heard of Galilee, he asked whether the man were a Galilean. And as soon as he knew that he belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who himself also was at Jerusalem at that time. Notice verse 8, please. And when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceeding glad. Why? Read on. For he was desirous to see him a long season, because he had heard many things of him. You see it? And he hoped to have seen some miracle done by him. Herod? Wanting to see a miracle. You know why? Because he had heard that Jesus had went about doing miracles. And this is the same Jesus that we claim as our Savior. This is the same Jesus yesterday, today, and forever. Right? This is the same Jesus. And even the wicked King Herod desired to see a miracle. And we know Jesus performed miracles on this earth. Can I give you a few? We mentioned earlier nature, Genesis 1.1. Why did God do that? 
Well, in Colossians, the answer is found. It says, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Jesus' miracles involved nature, did it not? Remember the storm? He said, peace be still, calm the storm. That's a miracle. And if you were in that storm, by the way, there's storms that come in our life. But this is a nat- nature storm, real storm on, this, on, on the seas and, and rough waters and the wind and everything that comes with the storm. You know, it's, it's not pleasant. And Jesus said, peace. And that was it. His words is all it took. It's a miracle. What about the human body? What did Jesus do? Well, we just saw um, earlier in John that Jesus was meeting a need. He turned the water to wine, and that's because those people were in need of more, of more to, to drink. And so, and, and the thing of it is that Jesus knew that and took care of it because he can work a miracle for the human body. Did he not take the lame and, and help them become whole? Remember the withered hands? He allowed them to become straightened. The blinded eyes, he made them to see. And deaf to hear. And remember Lazarus? Dead to, to be raised. Four, four days, make sure he was really dead. And they knew he'd be really dead if it was at least four days and past the two or three day mark. And so Christ, all it took was just his command and he came forth. In Matthew 11, verse 4 and 5, it kind of sums up Jesus' working miracles on humans. And it says this, it says, Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, and the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up. And listen to this. It says, And the poor have the gospel preached to them. That's a miracle. Just as much as a miracle as the deaf to hear and the lame to, to be able to walk, the poor, you and I are, are very poor in our sin and the, and, and the nature of that sin. We're, we're very poor. We're wretched. We're wretched in our sin. And so much so the gospel came to us. That's, that's a miracle. You know, Jesus could perform miracles unlike any other, so much so that even was able to help a man with unclean spirit. And that involved demons. Because Jesus can drive that out and, and because Jesus has got that much power and that much working to be able to, to have a miracle take place. And it, it really stunned those people that saw it. And so much they questioned, what, is this th- what thing is this? What new doctrine is this? What, what authority commandeth he to even the unclean spirits? And they do obey him. Miracles involve food. Thankful for that, right, at times. But here's the thing. Um, manna for the Israelites... How long? 40 years. That's a miracle. I'm so glad I don't have to eat the same thing every day for 40 years. But you know what? The Israelites were thankful for it for a little while. And they started complaining, murmuring, griping. But God still provided. You recall little lad's lunch. I mean, that fed at least 5,000 hungry men. And then there's women and children on top of that. That's a miracle, right? Jesus' own life was a miracle. His birth was a miracle. I mean, born without any aid of man and, and from a virgin birth, and, and yet, yet he existed. And that's not, that's not just the time that he came into this world. He, he was before then. He still, he still exists. He's, he's still going on and on and on and on and forever. 
So that was, humanly speaking, but that birth was a miracle. That was human display on that day. Sinless. I don't know about you, but I think of that. I mean, never one bad thought, never one bad word, never one, one thing that was unkind, never did anything wrong, not, not anything wrong. I mean, not even a, not even a growl on his face or, or the grimace or, or, or not even a bad look. I mean, to anybody, not, not, not a, you know, I didn't mean to, you know, pass that person or, or I hope they don't think I bore them. No, he wasn't even thinking that way. He wasn't thinking any fleshly or feelings and emotions of, of, of a sinful type things. And not even one bad, not even one bad look or one bad thought or one bad word or, or any unkind things. That's a miracle. Sinless, per, per, perfect life. Does anyone else fight the devil, the flesh, and the world every day? I mean, do you, you, you feel what that feels like? And to know that he died on the cross for all that and for all our sin. True miracles of Jesus always manifest his glory, not our own. Always manifest him. And what God has done for me, I, I was just thinking about this, and then I just really realized, man, it's a God of miracles, the death, the burial, the resurrection. And death could not hold him, and the grave could not keep him. Recently, my family and I had opportunity to uh, watch a, a movie that's called His Only Son. And it was excellent visual for, for myself and for us as a family. As a matter of fact, the rest of my family didn't struggle through it, but I somehow got tender through it and struggled at a certain point. You know what that point was? It was when Abraham was right there with Isaac and he's raising the knife to his son. And I just thought, man what it's like for Abraham's faith to have that type faith. And then also Isaac had to have faith to, to get up there on that altar. And man, it, then all that as a visual and to see that put, put in front of you and then to think a little more heavier about it and a little more deeper, a little more stronger about that. And then to know that I know the rest of the story. But Abraham didn't. And Isaac didn't. And it's as if their faith was stronger than what mine could even be, but yet I can have faith in the same person that provided that lamb. You with me? When that knife was raised and oh, nope, got a substitute, substitute sacrifice. No, Abraham, don't go through with it. And yet he was, I mean, about to go through with it, but, but yet God provided that sacrifice, and yet... To think then, to take me right immediately to the cross and to think, that is a picture of what Jesus did for me Amen. as a lamb that was slain. Amen. And man, he provided a sacrifice for me. And you know, Jesus' death was a miraculous death. He put himself on that cross. He was in charge of his own death. His resurrection was a miracle. And no one had ever come forth bodily from a grave and he's alive forevermore. That's a miracle. His ascension, I don't know if you and I think about this often, but him even coming down to this earth, but him also going back up to, the, to heaven, that's a miracle. And he defied the law of nature, gravity. I mean, we're getting gravity pulling on us all the time. And the older we get, the more gravity sometimes shows. But here's the thing, he defied it. And not only up from the grave, but up to the heavens. And I believe God's still a God of miracles. I was thinking this afternoon, man, I just think our world needs a miracle. We need a revival. I know that. 
I don't know about you, but I'm about to the point where I don't even want to watch the news anymore. And it's hard to fathom the wickedness in our country. And it's just wicked, 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 and it's getting more just foul and, and vile and more sinful. And I don't even know what our country has become. And I'm not that old to be saying that. I can't imagine what it's like, how you feel, if those of you that are older. And, and I'm reminded of a, a miracle cannot be explained or accomplished by man's intellect or scientific effort. It's not going to be a man that can perform a miracle. Matter of fact, a revival is not a place, it's a person. And a miracle is not natural, it's supernatural. And as Christians, we've got to be so careful that we don't call miracles that we think are miracles miracles, then they're not miracles. But as Christians, we have a worldview that the unbeliever does not have. And when we consider our Savior and His miracles, we can personally know a God who has done and can do the supernatural. And that's a miracle. See, a miracle is not natural. It's supernatural. I like to call them God stories. You know, they can only be explained by something that God can do. It's marvelous in our eyes. I'd like to look at just a few in the remaining time we have tonight. A few miracles that I want you to really hopefully grab and take with you this evening and just think about. And would you turn with me to the book of Titus? Titus chapter 3. We'll finish here this evening. Titus chapter 3. We, we have a God of miracles, and it's a miracle. And I want to give you just three things that I believe can really show us some good miracles that God has done in our own lives. And I'm thankful for it. Titus chapter 3. It starts off in verse 3, it says, For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lust and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Aren't you thankful that life is over? I hope it, I hope it is. But after that, because this, this is the way it is, supposed to be, really, that this shows how good God is. But after that, but after that, all that... All that sin, all that craziness, all that nonsense, all that no good and bad and wrong. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared. Can I tell you tonight that, number one, you are a miracle. This appeared to man. Toward man it appeared. So number one tonight, would you, know, would you get this? You are a miracle. You didn't create you. I didn't create me. You know that as well as I do, but this appeared toward man. I'm, I'm reminded of Psalm 8. It says, What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. I and mean, you realize we have dominion over the works of his hands. We have things put under his feet and he allowed us to have the control of that. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to allow us to have, look, at all sheep and oxen. Yea, and the beasts of the field, and fowl of the air, and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever pass through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Because God gave us this earth to live on, and you and I are a miracle. He could have chosen anything. But what is man thou art mindful of him? One of my favorite verses 
Psalm 139, 14, it says, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Can you say that tonight? Does your soul know right well that you're fearfully and wonderfully made? It's good to remind ourselves who made us, and that you are a miracle. By the way, there doesn't have to be a question of who, got, who made you and what you are. You're a miracle that God already took care of. He's got it all figured out. And He already made you, He created you in the womb and the substance before you ever knew it. God knew and God created you and fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous how that works. You realize that right now you are fearfully and wonderfully made and your body is producing 300 billion new cells every day? That's a miracle. And your body is constantly repairing and rebuilding? You realize that your brain is an amazing supercomputer? Say, I don't, I don't know about that, I'm not sure. Well, <laughs> the brain is composed of 80% water. The brain can hold five times as much information as the Encyclopedia Britannica. The nerve impulses in the brain travel at 170 miles per hour. Don't try that on the roads. Your brain's already doing it. All this is done on the same amount of power as a 10-watt light bulb. Who can do that? God, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And your brain doesn't stop working. Right? I'll oh, just, just check if you're with me. And it's estimated that about 50 to 60,000 thoughts pass through it each day on average. That's over 35 to 42 a minute. Thoughts. How could that be? Well, God created it to be that way. Your hair. We won't go very much on this, but every day the average person loses 60 to 100 strands of hair. Okay, don't dwell on that. Don't dwell, but because there's good news. We have to lose over 50% of our scalp's hair before anyone notices, okay? And thankfully, on average, every day, 50 meters of new hair show up. You say, I question that. Well, God already has it all figured out. He's got actually down to a number. You, you're with me on that? You know that verse, right? And he, he knows. By the way, your heart works its heart out for you. The human heart creates enough pressure to squirt 30 feet of blood, or squirt blood 30 feet, and such pressure is needed to pump blood through 60, get this, 60,000 miles of veins and capillaries in your body, fearfully and wonderfully made. Because God has it figured out way better than we could ever figure it out. I don't care who's, who you are as a scientist, who you say you are with all the PhDs and all the things tagged onto your name, but the thing of it is that God's already got it all figured out. It pumps six quarts of blood. It circulates three times every minute. In one day, your blood travels a total of 12,000 miles. What? Wow. Fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm telling you, you're a miracle. And God already has it figured out. Your skin is an ultimate touch screen. Each square inch of your skin includes four yards of nerve fibers, 600 pain sensors, 1,300 nerve cells, 9,000 nerve endings, 36 heat sensors, 75 pressure sensors, 100 sweat glands, 3 million cells, and 3 yards of blood vessels. I'm glad somebody else figured all this out. I didn't figure this out. Your eyes alone are a study in genius. People blink once every four seconds. This means you blink about 28,000 times every day, with each one lasting just a tenth of a second. That blinking is important. It's like the windshield wipers. You know that. And it's to keep the eyes clean and moist because 90% of the information that we take in is visual. Visual. It's important what we look at. The liver is a hardworking organ. Your liver works hard at over 400 functions. And, it, and just, it's amazing. But 
two-thirds of your liver can be removed from trauma or surgery, and it will grow back to its original size in four weeks. What? Four weeks? Wow. Take a deep breath. Go ahead. I didn't hear anybody. I hope you're still kicking out there. Your lungs have a surface area the size of a tennis court. A typical pair of adult lungs can hold a huge six liters of air. You take around 17,000 breaths a day on average. And go on and on and on. You can't hide from your fingerprints. They stay with you. And that comes three months into pregnancy for the lady with a child, unborn child, lady with a child. If you live in the day we live in, still a lady with a child. Anyways, we'll leave that alone. At just 6 to 13 weeks of development, the distinctive whorls have already developed. Interesting, those fingerprints will never change throughout a person's life. Never change. Never change the fingerprints. And your unique barcode. You know what it says? You're a true miracle. You're a miracle. And the new you happens more than you realize. Your body cells are regenerating themselves every single day without any prompting. Listen, this means you have an entirely new set of taste buds every 10 days, new nails every 6 to 10 months, new bones every 10 years, and a new heart every 20 years. Who does it? How can that happen? How can that just take place? God, you're a miracle. And on top of that, you have the body, soul, and spirit. Three-part creation. Secondly, a changed life is a miracle. A changed life is a miracle. Notice verse th- Titus verse 3, verse 5. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. Don't, don't start thinking too, too great about yourself, although you are a miracle. But that, that doesn't mean that your works of righteousness will, will count. No, not by works of righteousness we have done. But according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. How does that happen? What took place, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. This, this happens with a changed life. This happens with salvation. Salvation is a miracle. The fact that you're saved, that I'm saved, it's a miracle. And we see the miracle take place and it work its way out through years after even salvation that God is still working on us and he's still changing us. And so that old man and now new man and new creation, and that's a miracle. That can't just happen on your own. Matter of fact, you can't do any of that on your own. You can try as much as you want, but it's God working in you. And it's God's doing. And the renewing and by the Holy Ghost and, and the, just the regeneration, a new body that awaits us and the eternal hope that comes. And you see that in verse 7. And, and lastly tonight, I want to close with this, is God's work is a miracle. Verse 8, this is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. It says to affirm constantly. It says to maintain good works. It says these things are good and profitable unto men. Because see, here's the thing. There's a progress that's being made because you became, verse 7, you became an heir of God's family. Notice that being justified, verse 7, by His grace we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Man, that hope is real. That hope of eternal life is something that if you take it as your own, you know without a doubt that something were to happen to you, you're on your way to heaven, then God has taken over, He's given you a new birth, He's giving you, you're to have a new mind. You're to be renewing this. You're to be renewing your mind daily. 
There's a part that's up to you to, to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, and you're to, you're to ask God to help you with what your mind thinks about and what you think about, and that renewing, and that regeneration that takes place, the fact that we're going to have a new body, and we're going to see Jesus, and He's coming again, and there's hope of eternal life. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. And I don't know about you tonight, but... You're a miracle, number one. A changed life is a miracle. Salvation and new creation and being a Christian. And God's work is a miracle. Now, what do we do with all this? In closing, I just want to let you look at a verse and we'll be done. And it's in Romans 12. What do we do? Since it's a miracle, how do we apply this? What good does this do for us? It's a miracle. Thank God that God's a God of miracles and that I'm a miracle, you're a miracle. And that God's doing a work with us, and God's work is still working in our lives. What do we do with this? Well, Romans 12. Romans 12. Lastly, tonight, Romans 12. This is what you do. This is what I need to do. This is for all of us, collectively. What do we do with this? The miracles, the God of miracles. This is what we do. I beseech you, verse 1, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. It's a miracle. The mercies of God are a miracle. Notice, this is what we do that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. This is your reasonable, reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. There it is, that renewing, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Would you circle, would you underline, present and prove. This is what you and I need to do. We need to present and prove. Present and prove. Because God worked a miracle in your life, my life, that we even have life. You are a miracle. And the fact that He changed your life, He's continuing to change your life, you're saved, you're a believer. Well, we need to prove it. We need to present that to a lost world. We need to present that to each other. We need to prove that God is still working. Because you know what that does? It says God is still a miracle-working God. When people see this, verse 1 and 2 of Romans 12, happen in our lives, I beseech you, brethren, I'm asking. You ask of me. I ask of you. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Prove what is good, acceptable, perfect will of God. God help us. And that in itself is a miracle. Let's pray. Lord God, I pray that we will be so thankful that you are a God of miracles. And it's a miracle that you called us to yourself, that you allow us not just to know you, but Lord, to come to relationship with you, and then Lord, to see you one day. We want to be found faithful to you until that day comes. Lord, either you'll come for us, or you'll take us home. So, Lord, I pray that we will follow through with presenting you well and proving what is acceptable and perfect will of God in our lives because, God, you're a miracle-working God. Thank you. It's a miracle. We love you. Pray it shows. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store.
If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.